0: my people.
1: Today is April 29th, 2018, and I feel the need to speak on this topic, Babbling
0: Brown Sugar. I'm going to explain where I got this topic from,
1: and you heard the opening music, and I'm going to explain it in just a moment, but before I get into that, I want to say something that's heavy on my heart. I made up my mind, I made a conscious decision in my life that I wanted to find a woman, or when I found a woman, that I was gonna put in a different kind of effort than I had put in before in past relationships and view it differently and go further than what I had gone before or was willing to go before in self-improvement. So, when I took on my consort my woman, who I love dearly, I wanted to put all the love that I had into this woman for the sake of all of our sisters as a whole. And I mean this, this is as real as it gets. I understood the pain. I understand the pain that sisters have suffered from dealing with us as brothers who have been physically abusive, verbally abusive, spiritually and emotionally abusive to women. And I understand the other side of it too. As a man, which is not understanding how to deal with your frustrations and your emotion when it comes to dealing with women, and their perceived rebelliousness against us. And sometimes it is legitimate rebelliousness, meaning it's justifiable rebelliousness sometimes. And I'm saying that because sisters do have to protect themselves
0: from their own mistakes in choosing the wrong type of men
1: or males, I should say, not even men uh, so often, but beings in a male body
0: that are really childlike mentally, underdeveloped
1: spiritually and emotionally.
0: And a lot of times they boast and brag about how woke they are, how enlightened they are, how much knowledge they have, and
1: they still don't know how to treat the woman. And the same goes for you, sister, but I wanted to put all the love that I had into this one woman for the sake of all of our women as a whole. I wanted to put all the love I had into her as my form of loving all of you as a whole. And this is not about polygamy or anything like that. I'm not speaking as polygamy or anything. I'm just saying I just wanted to do that. And I wanted to take it as far as I could. And I've done it. I'm still doing it. Most high willing, I'll continue to do that. But I made up in my mind that I was going to have a different kind of commitment than the ones I've had before. I was always sincere. And I was younger and underdeveloped, but that's no excuse for some of the mistakes i made. I wasn't a womanizer. I was never that. But, you know, we all make mistakes in our lives. But I found that when you call yourself loving someone, we meet the challenges of life and then the question becomes do you know do do you know how to deal with those challenges and keep on loving well i was taught something that i just want to share with you very briefly before we start today i was taught that most of the ideas that all of us have as Negro people, Aboriginal people, Blacks, so-called Blacks, Brown people, Negroes, Afro-Latinos.
0: I was taught that a lot of the ideas that we have about love come from the idea of romance. And romance, the root of it is Roman. So when you apply Roman ideas of love and relationships to your own,
1: they're not going to work for you because that's an entire different culture. It's just, you know, it's not going to work for you. So, even the thing that you think about that emotion that you think is love, even that emotion that we think is love is not for us and in in honesty and in truth you got to reevaluate what love is because look it's so much this whole love and romance thing is an, uh, an illusion for us as a people Seriously, particularly when you think of love in a, in a romantic type of way, the romantic things
0: you can do, and you know the romantic feelings that you feel. when you think
1: of love from an emotional perspective from a feeling. That is a problem that we need to re-educate our children on what this whole idea of love is because, look, a lot of your relationships are ending, have ended because of your feelings, your emotions, which come and go day to day. Today you feel like you're so in love with somebody. Tomorrow you feel like you so hate them. How do you go from those extremes? From the love to the hate? It's because you're only dealing with emotion as your idea of what love is and should be. And so naturally, as your emotions fluctuate, So will your wanton desire for commitment fluctuate. And you'll be telling yourself, I swear, I'm going to leave him. Tell your girlfriend, I'm going to leave him, girl. He don't make me feel like this. He don't
0: make me feel like that. He only makes me feel bad all the time. Well, yeah, you don't want somebody that's going to make you feel horrible all the time. You don't want somebody that's going to emotionally abuse you
1: no more than you want somebody that's going to physically abuse you. But if all you know is these ideas of romance, wine and dining type of romance,
0: not downing those types of things as far as going out and having a nice time with one another Courting, I'm not downing that. Courting is fine.
1: What you all call in dating, that's a whole other thing. But if you can separate the emotions, listen good, if you can separate the emotions that you think are love, and focus yourself on the commitment and the responsibility The loyalty and honesty
0: that you want to share and give to someone with everything you got. Trust me when I tell you it's going to get better for you in that relationship
1: every day. Because you can be angry with somebody today. And that anger could tell you, I don't want to see you again. And if you follow that anger, that emotion, you're going to lead to destroying your relationship because that emotion is countering the commitment that you are supposed to consciously be making before you start dealing with someone. Now, when I was growing up, becoming a man, I realized, honestly, brothers, honestly, I realize the pain that we cause women when we commit infidelities. And if you, brother, have ever experienced an infidelity committed upon you, and you remember that pain that you felt, the thing is, you shouldn't want a woman, or anyone to feel that kind of pain based on something that you have done to them. I didn't want to feel that anymore from some woman doing that to me.
0: And I was blessed because that really never really happened to me like that or not that I could verify
1: anyhow. I've had some issues, you know, in relationships, but I. Didn't
0: want to inflict that on anyone, particularly if I, care, if I call myself caring about them and loving them. I didn't want to be deceitful and lying. A lot of the, the pain that we experience in the dissolution of relationships and the relationship struggle, a lot of it has to do with deception. A lot of it has to do with you lying to the other party or you lying to yourself about the other party. You knew how they were before you got with them, and then you had this in your mind like you're going to be the one to change them. And when they don't change, you feel a certain way about it emotionally. You feel let down, disappointed that they're not changing. Well, you probably had no business being with them in the first place if you see all these things that you call yourself wanting them to improve upon, you know, and like you're going to be the one that's changing them. Stop trying to play some savior to somebody. Excuse my terminology. These captive saber holes, excuse my terminology. Um, sable holes is, is like this
1: terminology that we've used on the streets. But, sisters, too, sisters, think that way. Is it the emotion that is causing you the most problem. If you think
0: about this, if you can remove, which is really difficult, I, I'm not going to go into all of all of what you can do here. I could, but I want to talk about this other topic. And this is relative to the topic that I'm talking about today, babbling brown sugar.
1: It's very uh, relevant, but I want to kind of keep this portion short. So, look, I'd rather... A woman, treat me with respect and be honest with me so that I can choose whether or not I want to deal with her or not and show me the real her. Let me see the real her, how she handles things.
0: Tell me the real truth about her background, enough of it anyway. You don't have to tell me everything, but enough of it anyway so that I can make the right decision for myself to say, okay, well, I might not like this or that, but I can deal with
1: it because these other things, out, the good always the bad. But when you get into these relationships, a lot of you walk into them with player games on your mind, you know, this party or the other party. One was to try to trap somebody into a relationship. One just wants a
0: trophy piece. One just wants a score, you know, notch in the belt.
1: Doing it all in the name of love and relationship. But how about you treat me with respect? How about you treat me like I am something of value to you? And I do the same for you. Not deceitfully, not just for selfish purposes, but for a real, for some real teamwork, real teamwork between the man and the woman. And if you think of it more
0: like teamwork than trying to focus on how somebody makes you feel
1: all of the time, you're going to be more successful in your relationships. Stop looking for people to make you
0: feel a certain way all the time. Because the fact that you do, and you're caught up in your feelings and wanting to feel this love all the time, you want to feel these butterflies every time you kiss somebody, you want to feel
1: this whatever it is. You have turned your idea of love and romance into a drug. And these drugs wear off, and then you need a better high, a better fix. The problem is you can never get it. You can never get high enough off
0: of this love drug. You can never get high enough off of this feeling that you get when somebody looks at you and touches you and all that. You want that to last forever, every second of the day, every moment that you... Uh, Walking around, living and breathing. And life does not work that way. And
1: because it doesn't, you become disenchanted and you wake up from your dream world, your high, back into reality. And now the anger starts and the resentment builds that you're not still high. You're never going to have successful relationships sugar. with
0: what
1: on all You just think sugar. about it. I'm going to Bubble love in your sugary lips. Still sugar. Is yeah. Bubbly bubbly brown sugar. Bubblin Bubblin Brown sugar. So it's a story. Bubble with a happy feet. Bubble in Brown Sugar eat. A simulated hollow tree.
0: Yeah.
1: So babbling brown sugar. I was inspired. You heard the song, right, which, which is by the
0: Bubbling Brown Sugar Company out of Harlem. And I first heard this song on What's Happening back in the 70s. Like a uh, lot of us that are of age, that's how a lot of us
1: outside of New York heard of this song, where the, the Givens children... Um, were the four young children that were on the What's Happening show that sang the song. And that song stuck with most of us, you know, for a long time. Um, Even to this point, some 30, 40 years later, that song has always stuck
0: with me, so I went out looking for it. But I started thinking about
1: some of the things that are wrong with our people. And I started to see it. Well, I've been seeing it this way, but I started to see it in a way that I can explain it in a different kind of way to hopefully help us. So, look, in the hood, in the streets, there's a drug that we refer to in modern times on the streets as heroin, which is heroin. So some other people call it raw. So the world I was living in, from I'm from Detroit, so I had a friend, well, an associate, who one day comes and asks one of our other associates to give him um loan him a hundred dollars so he could go buy this raw and sell it to this other uh lady for three hundred dollars. And I didn't know what he was talking about. And I'm like, raw? What the heck is raw? You know, he's like raw. He's like it's brown. You know, it's brown. And you can get it in a little, you know, a little tube bottle or something like that. I'm
0: like, what? What the heck? He's like heroin. I didn't even
1: know that term at the time. I'm like, heroin? What the heck? Heroin? heroin? Yeah. Okay, I didn't grow up you know, around this stuff, so I didn't know that. So, heroin and cocaine, if I'm not mistaken, both come from the raw sugar cane. And the raw sugar cane is, is brown. It can be brown in substance and, you know, so is highly addictive. <laughs> then I was thinking about something that I learned about the Moors of history,
0: which are again, some of our people we were identified as Moors. For a time, particularly, you know, through some of the dark ages, medieval times, and what have you, Renaissance period, we were known as Moors. You know, not all of us were uh, Islamic. Not all the Moors were Islamic.
1: A lot of them were Christians. A lot of them were Hebrews or so-called Jewish, but they were Moors. They were identified
0: as Moors. That's what we were identified at that time. And I was remember what I learned about Moors in history and what our people did to Europeans.
1: And what they did was Europe was in a dark period where we were, the Moors
0: were bringing civilization to the Europeans um, and teaching them things about cleaning themselves up, how to cook with spices how to bathe properly and keep things proper proper, because they had been walking around. If you all didn't know, you can look this up in history. This is not, you know, me putting out some racial attack. I'm just talking about history. So they were walking around where like the streets were like public urinals, the literal streets. So like, you know, if you're walking down the street and you're tracking in mud, well, it's not mud
1: that you're tracking. So all your streets are full of this defecation. So the Moors came in at the time and started to clean the place up, and they started introducing them to uh, spices that you know and showing them how to cook their food properly and, and season their food. And a lot of the things that you think are uh, Italian, your Euro, your opinion really is Moorish, like pasta. Why do you think so many Negroes like it today? Why do you think we even make
0: our pasta different than Roman Italians? Sicilians are different because Sicilians, although they are classified as Italians, their bloodline comes from the Moorish bloodline. But anyhow, that's a whole other subject.
1: But listen. So these Moors, they would take a teaspoon of sugar. They introduced sugar to Europeans. They would take a teaspoon of sugar and give grains of sugar for free, put it on the, the Europeans' tongues, and the Europeans
0: got so hooked on it that they would take little
1: grains of sugar and charge astronomical um prices for sugar and got Europeans hooked on sugar so bad that they could just they were just basically drug dealers. That's according to Professor Booker T. Coleman and some other sources but he's one. I started thinking about that haron heroin raw coming from raw sugar cane being brown as brown sugar. But then I started thinking about bubbling brown sugar and how you would cook up the cocaine and how they would mix it, get it bubbling. Now, it wasn't brown,
0: but if you, uh, how this guy was explaining to me, you shake
1: up the heroin, you know, and it would start bubbling. I tried to look up the lyrics of this song, Bubbling Brown Sugar, and
0: I couldn't find the lyrics, but some of them you can understand, some of them you can't, but it's like a, a tantalizing. Harlem Treats. I started thinking about American Gangster, where they were
1: introduced that, um the movie with Denzel, where they introduced that blue magic in Harlem. But these tantalizing Harlem Treats, babbling brown sugar, and I was thinking of the babbling as babble. So, What is the most potent drug of all time? Probably a million times more addictive than heroin. A million times more addictive than crack, cocaine, peyote, whatever other drug you can think of. That drug is idol god worship. Idol god worship is the babbling brown sugar that I want to talk about today in a completely different way than I have before. Idol God worship, as I'm talking about it,
0: has nothing to do with Christianity directly, Islam, or any of these so-called religions. It's not directly tied into what I want to share. Now, those things do have idol God worship in them, but just because they are a so-called religion doesn't automatically make them idol god worship. Predominantly, most of the things that are religions are idol god worship, but not 100% across the board. Because some of the things that you think are religions are actually not religions. Some of the things that some of you think are non-religions
1: are actually religions. So I'm going to deal with this religion in a whole different way than I've dealt with it before in the past from a law, a natural law perspective, but also I want you to see this whole thing about this idol God worship and it being a drug. This babble of religions, arguing, debating, this is the truth and nothing else is the truth. If you're not over here with us, you're not in the truth.
0: And so when they meet up with somebody else who says the same thing, this is the truth over here, and if you're not with us, then it's not the truth. So when they meet up with one another, they get to babbling and debating and arguing back and forth.
1: And this babble that they're babbling is is, is a million times more addictive
0: than heroin, cocaine, crack, so on and so forth, and this babble that attaches itself to a religion is the babbling brown sugar that I'm talking about, is the drug that I am talking about today. So we're going to look at this, look at your so-called religion, your way of life, even if you don't call what you do a religion, we're going to look at
1: these things today. And try to look a little deeper. A lot of times, look at your religion and see if it holds you accountable for your
0: wrongdoings or does it say that everybody outside of you is wicked, everybody
1: outside of you is the devil, everybody outside of you is not in the truth. That could be true for your situation. That's possible, but look, let's look at this. If it lacks teaching your responsibility to deal with other people outside of you and deal with them respectfully,
0: even if they agree or disagree with you, you gotta deal with them respectfully to the best
1: of your ability. If it takes away your wrongdoings and you do not have to answer for your wrongdoings. If you did all these things wrong and and then whoever inflicted them upon you, they're the ones that are wrong, you're not wrong. You gotta look at this thing our people are in a lot of trouble with this idol god worship the planet is in trouble but we're the ones that are most in trouble because let me tell you this thing is highly addictive and really it's the root of 99.9% of the problems that we have as a people with one another because essentially, you got this group
0: of people that don't like Christians, this group of people that don't like Muslims, this group of people that don't like Christians and Muslims, this group of people that don't like Christians, Muslims, Hebrews, or anybody other than themselves. You got these Christian groups that don't like other Christian groups. You got this Christian church that hates all these other Christian churches. This is not something that is only exclusive to your individual walk of life. This is
1: a global problem. And I'm telling you, this is idol god worship that is the problem. You're going to
0: think, you're going to tie, in your mind, religion with idol god worship if you're non-religious. I don't follow religion. I don't follow man-made gods and man-made laws and I mean, you know,
1: all of that man made gods and all of that stuff. I don't follow that. I'm just spiritual. Well, you're suffering from it too. If you think that it only
0: deals with those who follow organized religions,
1: you might want to rethink that and look at this again. So, let me give you an example. of this. You're following this guru guy. He might have, I don't know, a YouTube channel, Facebook page, right? And all the time, the only thing he really does is try to point out That what he's following and what he's teaching and what he's doing is superior to everybody else. But at the same time, he's
0: always attacking his very own brothers and sisters in the
1: name of his truth. And in the name of his truth, he feels like that gives him...
0: Card blanche to disrespect and hurl insults at his
1: brothers and sisters who are in a different walk of life but for some reason he doesn't really care about hurting them turning them away and making enemies out of them
0: he's making enemies out of these people that are outside of him intentionally because he wants to be superior to them because he believes that what he's teaching is superior to his brothers or sisters. So he looks for every little detail about what somebody else is doing and tries to pick it apart and say,
1: see, see how come you shouldn't be doing that and why I'm superior or why what I'm teaching is superior. And really, truth doesn't have to show itself to be superior
0: to falsehood. It doesn't have to prove itself. Truth doesn't have to boast.
1: Truth is, in fact, superior to falsehood. It just is. But falsehood has to boast that it's superior to truth, so it can twist and turn your brain into following it. I know that you
0: believe that that thing and that guy that you say is hes a champion, he, he's a soldier, or whatever you want to call him. I'm not talking about anybody in particular either. See, I'm being general, and it is so general that you don't realize that I'm not talking about that guy that you're following. I'm talking general how this thing works. Okay. So look at this. They have got you, this, these guys have got you hating your own brothers and sisters in the name of truth, and you bought it. You believe that. So because of that, now you don't, you can't treat your people with respect any longer. You have to degrade them, denigrate them, mistreat them. So in the name of this truth, they say that, okay, I'm the only one out here teaching our people the truth. Then these other people, this foreign nation, they're the enemy, so they're evil and wicked by nature. So now they're leading you to hate everybody around you, everybody that's walking the planet, except for them. Because what they're doing is trying to make themselves into an icon, idol god. That's essentially what they're doing. Because listen, if it's true that what they're doing, they don't have to go villainize anybody else. Just speak your truth, move on about it. And they
1: always want to point out what everybody else, all the flaws that everybody else is paid. So their whole platform is on beefing with others to, tr- to, to show their superiority in what they teach. Now you keep this in mind. Because I'm going to go a little bit deeper with this. But I want you to keep that prototype thought in your mind. Because that is going to be very important in how I explain this. If you really have love and respect for
0: your people and you see them in error, the the thing is to go reason with them. Pull them aside and say, hey, Maybe the things that you're talking about, and this, 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 and this, are not good for our people. Maybe these things are are not true; they're false. You know, can we sit down and talk about them because we might need to? You know, if we really, both of us really want to help our people, I think you should consider, you know, taking these points away from what you're doing. And likewise, if you see something in what I'm doing that's, you know, maybe not helpful. Then you can point them
1: out to me. See, that's a spirit of love. That's a spirit of unity.
0: That's what I'm talking about. So here's the challenge go critically analyze that leader, that one that you get motivation from. Could be some preacher, could be some teacher, could be whatever. Doesn't have to be a religion, it could be a religion, a non religion. Go critically analyze them and see if the root of what they're doing is
1: always discrediting their own brothers and sisters, not going to them to talk to them, pointing out all the errors and faults that they make, and elevating themselves above everybody else. So they're causing division
0: amongst their own people. If you're doing that in the name of your so-called truth, if you're following somebody that does that, just know that that's a major problem. You got to respect others outside of you. You don't always have to agree, but you have to respect and you got to have some type of moral character because really whether you want to accept it or not, it is really fundamentally immoral to get on to Social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and just start hurling insults, uh, exalting yourself above others, and causing division amongst your own people. How in the world do you all follow such people like this? I'm going to tell you why. Because the said human being naturally has a longing to find out things about themselves so they can understand their relationship to the universe and to a higher power if they believe in a God or not, if they really believe in a religion or not. This is natural for us. And because of that, listen good, we have a highly addictive personality that is attached to us. We are born in North America in particular. This almost attached to us from birth. We have a natural longing to find something that helps us feel complete. That's nature that put that in us. That is the Almighty that put that in us, the Creator, whatever you want to say. When it is misguided, you have a high propensity to fall subject to drug abuse, physical drugs, and mental
1: drugs. In the name of this truth, this guru of yours, this non religious or religious, spiritual prophet, master, whatever,
0: is taking all the blame off of you for
1: anything you've done wrong is not your fault. It's somebody else's fault. And you are so attracted to prospering and getting high
0: off of this babbling brown sugar you're so addicted to it, you don't want to come off of it, and you don't want to have to answer to anybody for it. And so it, is become, it has become a drug for you so potent and so dangerous that you can't even hear sound reasoning
1: anymore. Think about the behavior that you've seen crack abusers have, heroin addicts have. And then weigh that against your behavior. And you don't
0: smoke crack. You don't use heroin. You don't snort cocaine. But that religion is your drug. That so called way of life is your drug. That so called non religion is your
1: drug. You become full of vanity and egotism, haughtiness, arrogance. Self-righteousness, self-exaltation, you exalt yourself above others.
0: That is your drug. That is your idol god that you make in your own image. And then you start creating religions after the idol god that you make in your own image. And when... You expect others to meet up with it and worship it like you, and they don't. It becomes a problem, so you don't feel like you have to respect them. You feel intruded upon. You feel disrespected because they won't worship your God. A lot of you have made yourselves into idols of worship, and you want to be that, and you want to be deified, and that is a drug in of itself you're guiltless and perfect you don't do anything wrong i don't mean perfect in in the sense of um you don't do anything wrong i mean i mean in the sense of i have the truth type of thing and i'm above you i'm better than you i'm smarter than you you're just dumb you have a superiority complex that is idol god worship of self Listen, if the Bible offends you, if scriptures offend you, if you think of the Bible simply as a religious thing, um, you might want to turn this off now because I'm going to go into some things that pertain to the scriptures in the Bible. You might want to just turn this off. If you can stomach it, if you've got a strong enough stomach, if you're a real truth seeker, if you're really looking for something different, you should be able to find truth being everywhere that you look. So you should be able to sit through it. But just in case, I'm just warning you now, don't start to cringe up when you hear me refer to particular verses and things like that. Or use words that you think are just strictly religious. Vain babblings. I learned this. Vain babbling. Coming from the Tower of Babel. And I spoke on a few days ago,
1: the doctrine of Babel. But I want you to hear a verse that I love that addresses what was going
0: on a couple of thousand years ago is the exact same thing that is going on today. And I want you to hear this. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 20. Oh, Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust.
1: Meaning, look, I'm going to share some stuff with you. Just keep it to yourself. I've been trusting you not to misuse this. Reason avoiding profane and vain babblings. And oppositions of science falsely so-called. Now listen, you keep running to these different religious folks. They always want to bring up some type of opposition. They
0: always want to bring up some so-called science. And every time they do it, every time they do it, they
1: want to get into some type of debate, some type of confrontation, some type of argument. And they will begin to hate you if you don't agree
0: with them. Now, you know this is going on all day on Facebook, all day on YouTube. So here's an instruction of avoid that stuff. Don't get caught up in everybody babbling and everybody being vain about what they're babbling, about their religion. They always want to bring you into some debate, some argument, or cause some type of confrontation and opposition to what you're saying in the name of their so-called, hey, I'm going to prove it to you with these sciences, false sciences. Let me tell you one reason why these are false sciences. Forgive me. Let me tell you one reason why these are false sciences. I mean, no disrespect.
1: 99% of what our people are calling sciences, not
0: only do they themselves not qualify as a scientist,
1: they don't even have people of our people that they use as their sources for validation. the
0: the few that they have, the one or two or three that they have, are usually, if we're talking about Historians
1: and scholars, we're talking about Dr. Ben, we're talking about Winoko Rashidi, uh, Dr. John Henry Clark, you know, these types of people, great scholars who we should love and respect and honor, great scholars, great historians, but
0: When that's only a portion of what they're claiming as their evidence, a small portion, or even if it's the bulk of what they're claiming as their evidence, the fact is, how can you really validate something for yourself that you don't really understand how the science of it works? How can you validate that as a science that you comprehend? even if you go and take it further. So, oh, the white bear is the devil, right? Or whatever,
1: right? He's the enemy, right? But yet all of your sources come from him. Example, Caucasian Christians speak against Freemasonry, but Caucasian to you are the devil. But yet all of your
0: validation against Freemasonry comes from those same people, something's wrong here. What they're really doing is just trying to pull out things to support their babbling that they don't even really know the science of what they're presenting. So, these vain babbling babble talks are all about creating some type of worship or some type of worship of an agenda that somebody's putting forth whether they call it a religion or not. It does not have to be a religion. It doesn't have to be called a religion and it doesn't have to be an actual religion. It could just be a philosophy. It could just be an ideology that they're trying to get people to worship. So, The best way to do that is particularly in today's times is to be ratchet, quote unquote, ratchet. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but to me, how it's been defined is bad. So it's bad to me, I guess, from my understanding, but maybe it's good to people out there. Yeah, it is good to some of the people. To be savage, to be divisive. If what you're following, whom you're following, has no control over their own language, the type of language that they use, their, full, their mouth are full of, of de- hateful speech, divisive language, and insults. If all they know how to do is insult people outside of them, they can't even control their mouth to keep their mouth closed and move on about their business. They're building a career after trying to take down their brothers and sisters. You got a major problem there. Now I wanna show you something that just happens to be scriptural. But most of us know because we learned some of these things from church. I'm gonna describe something too. In the order of
1: events, this is how Satan appears in the scriptures. There's Satan appearing as a serpent in the garden. Satan then appearing as the devil, Satan then being described as
0: Lucifer, Satan then in the end times being described as various beasts, four beasts. Now,
1: the spirit of Satan appears in this serpent. Now listen, this is symbolic. It's not literal. But serpents is described in scriptures
0: actually are defined as a malignant person.
1: So, this particular wicked, evil, diabolical, reprobate mind that is
0: the universal wicked spirit, the universal adversary of good, camouflages itself within
1: that that mind that Satan has, camouflages itself Within a said human being. This serpent speaks to this woman, and this woman speaks to her man, and after that, there's a child born. That child comes out of the womb with a devilish mind. That mind is the same spirit within that man? The
0: same spirit that's in that flesh and blood living soul. The same thinking, is the same mind of Lucifer, the fallen angel. Then that Lucifer, fallen angel, who was crawling around the people in a serpent-like manner with a forked tongue, spreading its mind state, this wicked evil mind state into the flesh and blood living souls then starts to rise up into positions of rulership on the earth and then now it is described as a beast or four beasts so this these beasts are conglomerates of beings with this mind that are likened onto to Satan that are likened on to the spirit of the fallen angel, Lucifer. It is the same state of mind. Now it is in people that are on this earth. Individually, you have to be brought up by these people as they're in leadership roles. And now they got your mind so twisted up. Now you got it's like you got a devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other, and they're always whispering in your ear and you're always fighting yourself back and forth. To to battle between doing what's right and doing what's wrong. Well, as these flesh and blood living souls now have a spirit in them that's like unto that I'm likening unto the fallen angel of
1: Lucifer, listen to these descriptions of Lucifer. Lucifer was jealous of God. Lucifer wanted to be worshipped. Angry because he couldn't be worshipped. Lucifer was
0: beautiful. So now they use a forked tongue. These are flesh and blood living souls using a forked tongue, meaning a tongue that
1: has double meaning, meaning a tongue that uses truth. But on the other side of the tongue, there's
0: deceit and poisonous states of mind attached to what they are going to say. So all of their babble is going to be twisted and you won't be able to see through it because they're doing this in the name of truth. But what they actually are saying is preaching hatred in the name of love. They preach division in the name of truth. They preach superiority in the name of truth. So then they had that same spirit that they want to be worshipped, that Lucifer had. They had that same spirit. So now they come up with an entirely innovative babble, a whole philosophy. And you look at them as a soldier. You look at them as being courageous because they can talk all these different sciences. And ain't none of them a scientist, not an actual scientist. Anybody can pick up a book and read some scientific stuff out of it, does that make them a scientist? No matter how young they are, no matter how old they are, as long as they can read, they can pick up something that you've never heard of before, and they can read it to you, and now you're going to worship them and follow them. And you don't even consider yourself worshiping them necessarily. You just consider yourself following them. Well, guess what? You get caught up in it to the point of it starts to poison you so badly and you start to lose a sense of sound reasoning and you start to develop cult-like thinking cult-like behavior and it doesn't even have to be a group it can be just a bunch of individuals that have been influenced by this
1: personality that has these philosophies they reflect upon and then call it truth.
0: And because you're unfamiliar with it and it's new to you and it sounds good, you get enchanted by it. And then your mind starts to shift to where you cannot balance this thing any longer. You can only see, Hey, I'm standing on truth. And because truth is so, uh, it's so addictive in and of itself and truth is so uh, magnetic in and of itself because of that, you're drawn to the truth, you hear in it, and you can even get blinded by that. Because then you can find out that when you can't verify what you call truth, you got a major problem because you're so far in it. and You're so emotionally attached
1: to it that you lose the ability to feel real love for your brothers and sisters. Then you got names and languages,
0: right? And these people take a name and a language and they tell you, you don't know the secret pronunciation. I know it. You don't know the real first language. You don't know the real origin of this, the real truth behind this or that, which that might very well be true. But when somebody is using it, to puff you up, to puff themselves up into some type of deity and wants you to follow them like they're some type of pie piper of truth, not holding you accountable for self and, you know, the wrongs and rights that you do developing hatred and divisiveness for your own brothers and sisters and anybody outside of you with their babble. This is babbling brown sugar, idol, God, worship, mental enslavement, drug all over again. And some of you call yourself trying to leave the world and go to the church and get out of that, the, the worldly thinking and, and babble and all of that. And you think you go going to the church and finding the solitude. Well, then you find out you go going there and it's there. Then you leave that and you try to go to some I don't know, uh, conscious world and try to find it there. Then you run into the same problem again, the same babbling going on. And all they're doing is arguing and debating religion, arguing and debating history,
1: arguing and debating truth, pronunciation, names. If you don't pronounce it like this, you're wrong. The very fact that they do that should tell you that they don't have the truth. They might have portions of it because, listen, you can't attract our people unless you got some truth up in there. But it's very easy to get blinded because, as I'm stating, we have a natural longing to find out what's going on in
0: this universe. What are we here for? We have a natural longing for figuring out who we are, why we're here, what is our duty. We have a natural longing to
1: figure out this great universe. And somebody can come in and twist and turn that and replace it with a philosophy, a religion, an ideology, a drug of idol-god worship. So then you start to build these cults that are with this Lucifer like bind. I'm the prophet. Those guys over there are not the prophet. We're the prophets over here. And if you don't worship our pronunciation and if you don't worship our language, then there's something wrong with you. You're lost and you're going to hell. What I'm saying is look at this globally. Look, look. Cain syndrome. Cain, like Cain and Abel, I'm calling this Cain syndrome. Wants to kill their brother in the name of their truth. So here you have Arabs Ishmaelites supposed to have Islam and now there's splinter groups of Islam. They're supposed to be unified under one principle splinter groups of Islam. Sunni Islam. Shiite Islam. So on and so forth. Those are the two most popular ones. Christianity. All these splinter groups, Roman Catholic Christians, Protestant Christians, Anabaptist, Baptist, Apostolic, so on and so forth. All these splinter groups are supposed to be talking the truth over what the other people are talking, all claiming to come from one source. Buddhism you got Buddhism and then you got Zen Buddhism same thing so the thing that I'm talking about and describing is universal it is idol god worship man creating gods out of himself and
0: out of the image that he projects and wants other people to deify which it is definitely the same description of the spirit of lucifer jealous of one another jealous of the one that came before you jealous of your mother your father your sister your brother and then you want to create a philosophy or a god or an idol god so-called
1: way of life philosophy or otherwise but really it's just idol god worship you want to create one To oppose the other parties. To oppose everything outside of them. It is a drug onto you. And it looks good. And it sounds good. And it feels good. And because
0: it feels good. It makes you feel good. It keeps you mentally high. Living in a fantasy world
1: where you can't even get along with the people outside of you unless they're getting high off of the same drug you're smoking. Then they start to develop into cults. And then these cults start to teach a doctrine of Babel. And now the people that are following these cults which are Pharisees, listen to some of my uh latest podcasts on this. I'm not talking about a specific religion when I say Pharisees, but now they're Pharisees that develop out of these cults, and now they keep having spinner group
0: after spinner group after school of thought after school of thought. And every one of those schools that supposed to come from the same source, now all of them are at odds with one another.
1: Doesn't matter if it's Hebrew, Christian, Muslim, or otherwise. The universal comprehension of the truth about how deep idol-god worship goes has got to come to the forefront. Otherwise, you are never going to get out of this mess,
0: and you are never going to comprehend that you have a responsibility for when you do things wrong, that you're going to pay for them, and you must correct them. I don't care if it's that little white lie you just told your brother and sister, your loved one, your mates, your husband, your wife. I don't care if it's that little trick, that little deception that you got living in your relationship that you're trying to keep hidden
1: from the other party. But it keeps coming out. You just don't realize it keeps coming out. It's coming out in the form of arguments that are pushing you further apart. All because you're trying to hide that one secret or those couple of secrets about you that you know will destroy the image that somebody has of you of them of yourself so you gotta live the lie so that you can keep somebody sedated off of that lie
0: and keep them high and getting high off of that illusion
1: so when the real you comes out and they learn about the real you who the hell will want to deal with you So you keep up this lie like you're so holier than thou and so pristine. Never did nothing
0: wrong. Oh, that's not me. That's how other people think. That's what they do. I don't do that. (laughs) Liar.
1: Lying to yourself to keep up the lie to lie to your people. All of us have things that we are challenged with all of us have things that we need to deal with and no matter what you learn no matter how much truth you follow if it makes you so arrogant that people can't even talk to you
0: and you can't even treat people with respect fundamentally it's something wrong with what you're doing particularly if you're participating in the divisiveness between yourself and your brothers and sisters.
1: How do a people that are enslaved use as their solution? How many ways they can villainize their brothers and sisters? So in their
0: villainization of everybody outside of them, everybody has to come follow
1: them. That is the Luciferian mind. So if all of y'all drop all that other nonsense that you are doing and come over here to this truth, then I'm going to save you. I'm going to lead you. I'm the only one that can do it. So you should hate all of those that are not following me. You should hate anybody that is not one of us. That's what your people are doing. And they're all enslaved under a common enemy. And their solution
0: is debating one another, arguing with one another about pronunciations,
1: about language pronunciations, histories, and all this other stuff. That is their solution. When you smoke crack, when you use extended um usage of cocaine, heroin, do you know it starts to infect
0: your reasoning when you're addicted to it, right?
1: Some of the things you wouldn't do before you're going to do under the influence of that drug Some of the things that you wouldn't do before you do in the name of your truth, then your truth is the drug. And if that same so-called truth meets
0: up with somebody else, just talking about so-called truth and they get to arguing, and debating and try to prove who truth is above somebody else's. And they do this all day long on YouTube, all day long on Facebook. Something is massively wrong because they're babbling
1: and their babbling is the drug. something's massively wrong. When you can't... Listen. How are you going to break out of prison with the other
0: prisoners? you all supposed to be so-called so, so caught in there
1: unjustly. So you're all trying to break... trying to plan a, to escape because it's the right thing to do, right? But then you all start clicking up in a little click. And if you got now you got ten clicks there, right, all ten clicks saying, "Come follow me," and until you do the hell with you now, how are you going to get out of that prison
0: when all of you are trying to convert one another to come follow them and
1: they're pipe dreaming? delusional babblings that they call truth wouldn't it be a lot easier to say like let look let's just the only thing that makes sense
0: we're here under this prison unjustly let's just put all of our differences aside work together and do what we can to dig ourselves out of here forget everything else let's dig ourselves out of here now listen You go look at that so-called leader, that so-called camp, that so-called truth that you follow,
1: and you ask yourself this serious question. In such a situation, would
0: they exclude everybody else that's in there, that's their own brothers and sisters in that prison?
1: Would they exclude working together? Do they teach you to hate the other nine cliques?
0: Teach you to find so much fault in the other nine clicks that y'all are all
1: in there bickering and arguing and babbling so you never plan an escape plan. That is what is going on with our people. That's what's going on. One last thing I want to bring up. I have grown in this path of law. And the solutions that I know are real from my own application and other people's application. Let me tell you about. Religion. In the eyes of law, religion is not what common people think religion is. This will be very difficult, but you got to reason with this. Those who are
0: just naysayers and, you know, they know everything. If you know, already know everything, you have to know. If you're um, some prophet, some God, then anybody should follow you. You should probably, you know, hopefully you're not even listening to this, but you definitely shouldn't try to reason with this. Just
1: go on about your business, follow what I'm about to say. Just go your way. Look, religion doesn't mean what you are
0: calling organized religions. Listen, I know this is going to be hard to stomach. You have nationalities. I got to explain it this way. So bear with you have nationalities. You have citizenships. You have culture. You have pedigree. You have all these things that make up a body of people. So the culture of a people all revolves around how they dress, how they eat. Um, what are their forms of entertainment? What what is their world made up of? And in their world, there will be those who have the same pedigree. Let's, let's use a, a, a body of land, any body of land. And let's say there's one group of people who are aboriginal and natives to that land. And then those would be the nationals. Then you have those who are foreign to them or those who are sojourners. Those would be the citizens. I wonder what you are in North America in particular. You say, well, I'm a citizen, but the Native American Indians are the aboriginals of this land. Well, okay, that's true. But when a corporation sets up shop and they label you a citizen and they know that you're not the same as them, they're the nationals of their corporation. You're the citizen. So you're the foreigner, right? Whatever these people do as far as how they eat, how they entertain themselves, how they dress, how they conduct their mating habits, All of that is their world. All of that is their culture. That is what they do repetitively. That is what they do religiously. That is what is their religion. The misunderstanding of that is that there has to be some belief system in their so-called religion that requires some type of deity attached to it. That culture does not have to have a deity for it to be a religion because the thing that you think of as religion is not what it actually is that is the common understanding common language so look whatever you practice repetitively is that what you practice religiously according to your culture and if your culture happens to have a deity then that's part of your culture that's your religion doesn't have to have a deity it's still your culture and that is your religion so if religion means to link back or to link again which is what it means it means their freedom of religion is to link you back to your culture and that that is your freedom thank you for listening